You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather around, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hello. Hey, Sean. How'd your game go this week? Well, I won. <clears throat> Congratulations. Yeah. How, how about you? Yep. I also won. God, that's awesome. You know, here's the thing. Um, I don't know what you do uh, when you win, mm-hmm. but... I'm really excited because when this podcast ends, I get to drive all the way out to Eden Prairie. How far away is that? Uh, Just for the listeners. It's about 10 miles (laughs) (laughs) Uh, to plant my flag, so to speak. Uh, So uh, we've got, um, there's a a guy with my same first name running for city council in a suburb of Minneapolis. And he was lucky, or, or he's got these awesome purple and white signs uh, that say Sean. It's just the, they'll just say Sean on them, right? And I thought that's hilarious. So I contacted this this guy. He gave me some signs. And so whenever I defeat somebody in our league, I'm going, I'm going over <laughs> and I'm planting my flag in their lawn, so to speak. They get to wake up to a Sean sign in their yard. And nice. this week that will be Mr. David Fisher. Nice. You're uh, and you're getting photos of this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because because one one of the guys uh, grabbed it. He took a picture of it, and he was going to use the picture back at me. He didn't realize that I had shawned him. Oh, <laughs> so he's like, I'm going to get Sean by. He had some plan. I don't know what it was, but I'm like, you know, I did. I planted that in your yard, right? He's like, oh yeah, that makes sense now. <laughs> He's going to use it on you, reverse it. Yeah. Anyway, so that's why I'm excited because I get to drive out to Eden Prairie. Nice. That sounds like a lot of fun. I don't, I'm not quite as imaginative when it comes to celebrating my wins. <laughs> I got to think about you gotta it. Think of, you got to think it. You got to, you got to get something going here just to, just to, to up your, up your taunt game. I so got to find, right? find some guy named Tim who's running for something. <laughs> just Tim. <laughs> you can give everybody a replacement CD with your name on it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah I like that. All right. Well, this week, everybody, we're, uh, we're doing an episode we're calling Pushing Your Chips In. So we're about a third of the way through the fantasy regular season. Maybe you're in a position where you've got a team that you believe in. So today we're going to be talking about how you should approach making trades for that championship run this year. But before we jump into that, let's do a little bit of news. Sean, I, I uh, heard recently that Zeke wants to trademark the term feed me. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I mean, you got the, get the big stomach tattoo. I don't know if you saw that. Um, so the, the interesting thing is, is I had to put my legal hat on here. If for those of you who don't know, I am also an attorney. Um, and sorry, please listen to the podcast still. <laughs> um, you're, you're one of the good ones. I'm one of, yeah, one of the few good ones. And, uh, so there's, there's a, I don't follow wrestling. I mean, you know, maybe I feel like that was a thing that I did when I was like in my teens. Maybe yeah. it's a thing you always do when you're in your teens. I don't know. But, um, there's a wrestler named Ryback who, who is all mad about Zeke getting this tattoo and Zeke went to try to get it trademarked as his thing. Cause he's been doing feed me 
since he came into the league, right? The, yeah. The, the, I'm gesturing with a the bowl. What, is, what, what do you think he's eating when he's doing this? Cream of wheat. Cream of wheat. Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> okay. Hey, before you go on, I didn't want to interrupt oh, you, but oh, is okay. Ryback one of the one of the guys you can hire? to taunt your fantasy opponents on a little video. Do you know what I'm oh, talking about? Yeah, I, do. I can't remember the name of the service. I don't know if he. you can taunt him. I don't know if you could hire him. I suspect you can. I haven't looked. Um, but uh, the, given what else I have to say about Ryback, maybe. Well, yes. But he might be, he might be, uh, maybe, oh boy, I wonder if he would accept cash payment to, to, <laughs> to, to use Feed Me. Nah, in anyway. a taunt. In a taunt. So anyway, so he, I read what he had to say about it, and it was very legalese. Like, mm. like it, 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 he was talking about confusion of the trade. It's clear that he had been prepped on kind of the legal standards that have to go do with trademark. Um, and then it was that was that was his interview was like that juxtaposed with wrestler taunting. Like he was basically saying, he's talking all tough. He's telling Zeke he's got to cover that shitty tattoo up, and and like it literally, I felt like he could have been doing one of these like wrestling performances, uh, t- talking performances, and right, uh, like before a match, right? yeah, before yeah. a match, you're you're, you're you're puffing your chest out, right? But also combined with like the legal terms, um, so I had to put my legal hat on. Mm-hmm. And uh, what'd you decide? So I so Zeke's been doing feed me since 2016. Ryback had been doing feed me before that, but his trademark is feed me more, not feed me. Mm. He's got a whole song <laughs> that, that wow. they played. Yep, yep. I listened to it. The thing is, so those aren't exactly the same. But the bigger problem for Ryback is that when you have a trademark, you have to defend your trademark. So if somebody is infringing upon your trademark, you have to send them like a cease and desist letter. Zeke's been doing this for four years. He hasn't said a word about it until he got the tattoo. So I honestly think that he doesn't really have a great case. I think Zeke will probably prevail. Whether Zeke will then get the trademark, I don't know. But most likely this is going to end up with Zeke throwing some cash at this washed-up wrestler. Yes, I said it, washed-up wrestler. And that's the kind of hard-hitting news that you get on Steel. You can get your news in a million different yeah. spots. We got doctors. We got lawyers. Yeah. That you can come here for that kind of news. <laughs> All right, so it's it's week four. We're yeah. quarter of the way of the NFL season done. Mm-hmm. I think you made a prediction. I think you predicted that Stefan Diggs would was going to throw a tantrum by now. Where where do we stand with I that? Don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, you're gonna play it. You're gonna play that. Must we roll the tape back? <laughs> No, okay, I admit it. Yeah, I said he was. There was going to be a sideline altercation between Diggs and Josh Allen after week or during week four. Hasn't happened. Diggs is actually the wide receiver do, six do right mean, now. Do you mean the high fives? Do those count <laughs> no. altercations? No, they're hitting each other's hands. I had no idea Josh Allen would uh, be putting balls actually in people's hands this uh, year. Nobody really foresaw this. This I, I, I I've been a fan of his, but. I did not foresee this. Yeah. So, um, so Diggs, I, he's happy. He hasn't yelled at Josh Allen yet. He's the wide receiver six. And uh, do you care to revise? Do you think it's going to go all season long? No, he'll still lose his mind at some point. But <laughs> you're not willing to pick a week, right? <laughs> not anymore. So, no. what's going to happen first? Is Diggs going to lose his mind, or is the NFL season going to end? Oh man. Well, I mean, if if the season ends first, I guess that would prevent. Diggs from losing his so mind. So that's that, that's going to be your out? Yeah. When it doesn't happen, you'll be like, well, 
Yeah, exactly. That's just because the season ended early. Exactly. I can always <laughs> I can always fall back on something like that. The uh, the NFL uh, is cracking down on the COVID nineteen protocols. Did you see that? A little more hard hitting news here. Yeah. Um. I think, I think they're looking at this. I don't know if you how much of this you paid attention to, but not having a premier quarterback was a big deal. Not having like the Titans like dribbling in with positive tests and my my source which is my 15-year-old son telling me that they all went to a restaurant together, um, would indicate uh, that the NFL might be pretty serious about cracking down and telling teams if if you can't field the team, you, we're going to do some forfeits, which is uh, freaky for fantasy guys who might be counting on those games. Right. Do you know if that restaurant they went to was in Minneapolis? Because all these cases came out shortly I after we played here. I, you know, I don't. I meant to ask, and I meant to look it up, and I didn't. But unfortunately, you live. I don't know if it's confirmed either. It's one of those things. You live with your source, so you maybe you can check with him. I could. Yeah, he's probably playing video games or and or trying to do his homework. One of the two. At the same time. Uh, did you see also that Calvin Ridley didn't even catch a single pass last night? I did because I needed him to. Uh, not not in our league that we're in together, but in another league. Uh, so I was disappointed to How, see what that. What did you need? Did you need one catch? Ten no, yards? Five yards? No, I needed a bunch of points. But, um, you know, I thought Calvin Ridley has, has it in him to do that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't. But I, I still can claim to have the wide rec- the wide receiver one in fantasy football. Zero catches and he is still the wide receiver one. Um, unless you're playing full PPR and then he's wide receiver two. That's but in crazy. every other format, that, he's wide that, receiver one. That is crazy. Yeah, and uh, Sean, did you happen to see? I saw a, a video uh, with the Eagles playing. They were uh, about the, the, to make the, a goal line stand. The Sandlot football game <laughs> yeah. move that, they, that everybody has done. And yeah. that somehow they, they got over on the NFL officials on. So what is the move? You have, we have to describe the move what is we is everybody is it. looking at each other and you take your foot and you just slide the football back, you know, six inches. Oh my god, it's so funny because like if you've ever played touch football ever in your life, that you've done that. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. And then like the other team always sees you do it and right. they put push the ball six inches the other way or maybe more or whatever. And you just eventually stop doing it. Right. Somehow he, they do it. He, he was looking at the ref. So neither ref was looking at him, but they had the entire offensive line standing right there. And not a single one noticed. I thought that was amazing. They scored anyway, so it didn't affect anything, but like, it I was thought hilarious. that was hilarious. It, was it, it reminded good. me a little bit of that time when, uh, when the giants needed to stop the clock and suddenly three guys collapsed at the same time, like they had been shot with the same bullet <laughs> with fake injuries. <laughs> I could watch that video forever. It looks, it is, it is, uh, it is like, it's very back into the left. Like you just, they all drop at once, holding on different body parts. Jeez. Uh, but they got their, they got their whistle. Um, oh, I, I, we buried the lead. Bill O'Brien got canned. Fired. Was not the first coach, or was the first coach fired, and the first general manager fired. What do you think about that? Well, um, yeah, I, I didn't see that coming that he'd be the first. Um, he did make some, as we all know, made some crazy moves this off season. He, but for salary cap people, they weren't as crazy as they were for like uh, for true. other people because you could see 
salary cap situation un- unfolding. Well, the thing for me too um, is that he's he's been a very good coach for them. He's been with the the Texans for six years. They've won the division four of those years. They were came in second uh, uh, another year. So five out of six years, the team's been very good. Right. I think this, the one season where he didn't come in first or second was the only season they had a losing record while he was coached there. So this it was a bit of a surprise. Um, he he attempted like I think it might have even been hours before he got fired. News was coming out that he was going to take over play calling duties. And and apparently the owner was just like, oh, uh-huh. no 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 no, you're no. Done. <laughs> you've already you've, you've already messed this thing yeah, up. Yeah, this we thing is messed you've, up. You've had our draft pick duties. Now we have no draft picks. You exactly. have our our, our on field talent duties, and we have no on field talent. Um, yeah, well, all you needed to do is get some of that L.A. Rams money, so they can just pay everybody. And I don't know where the the never ending pool of cash that the Rams seem to have, but uh, he needed to figure that out and and keep Nuke. I think. Right. Except for he wasn't, he wouldn't have been able to feed his his man crush, uh, Will Fuller. Oh, that's true. Fuller five. There you go. That was my theory. I'm sticking with it. That's the that's what he's most upset about from getting uh, about getting fired. <laughs> now, now he's going to have to try to recruit Will Fuller at his next stop. Right. <laughs> How is Adam Gay still employed? By the way, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's I don't know. Um, and then finally, one last, last bit of news. This has nothing to do with fantasy football, but uh, we got news today that Eddie Van Halen died from cancer. Um, I was not a big Van Halen fan growing up. I'm probably Shame the one on one guy my age that can say that. But, Sean, I think you, you were. You also didn't right? watch Star Wars until you were 30. That wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a big deal for me. I mean, you know, we don't spend a lot of time on it because it's not football, but um, uh, it, other aspects of my life not only am I a lawyer I'm also a guitar player and I wouldn't even be a guitar player if it wasn't for Eddie Van Halen so uh that's this this is tough it's it's kind of like my first I would say idol that uh that's that I've lost and and like this is a guy that you know my brothers play guitar and I grew up listening to his stuff as from a very young age and uh and uh yeah if you have if you don't know anything about Eddie Van Halen um that's kind of crazy but but go back and listen especially as early stuff, early Eddie Van Halen stuff, um, because it's really amazing guitar work and good music. Yeah, what's, what's the guitarist uh, from Pearl Jam? Mike, uh, Mike McCready? McCready yeah. called him uh, Mozart on the guitar. Kind of. Yeah. I, I mean, really, really um, a, special, a special talent. Um, Virtuostic, is that yes. a word? Yeah, just, just ability to do everything and, um, and, and had kind of reinvented what the instrument was. So for me, um, you know, it, it got me thinking about how, and not just me, a million other guitar players thinking about what else could you do with this instrument and, uh, and thinking creatively. So, I mean, that was, uh, that's, it's a big loss. All right. Well, getting back to fantasy football, yeah, um, I'm sad now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's, let's, let's bring it around. Right, um, second. before we jump into the pushing your chips in very nice. Um, we have a, a tough takes, a few like couple of questions here that we're going to challenge each other with. Um, All right, uh, let me go first. Yeah, sure. Let's let's have your question. All right, who is the number one rookie wide receiver to own right now? Ceedee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, or other? And then other you can fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. What's your answer? Um, so between the two that were named, I would definitely say C.D. Lamb. I mean, Justin Jefferson has looked incredible the last two weeks. It's been really fun as a Vikings fan to watch him. 
Um, the only other guy that enters into the conversation for me, well, you said to own right now. So I was going to say Henry Ruggs, but I would say CeeDee Lamb's the guy right now that I'd want. Well, it's too bad you're wrong about that one. Mm-hmm. The answer is Justin Jefferson. Oh, okay. Yes, and as somebody who did not have Justin Justin Jefferson rated quite as highly as other people, I am uh, I'm revisiting this thing. So a couple things. Um, so Jefferson started slow, but Zimmer's gone on record as basically saying that they were treating the first couple uh, games kind of like a preseason, and so they were deliberately not playing the rookie as much. And I think so. That led to a lot of speculation. Is the wide receiver two going to be B.C. Johnson? Is it going to be Irv Smith Jr. or whatever? I think they were basically just kind of like making sure this guy didn't have too much pressure on him right away. And if you watch him, um, he looks really, really good. So for me, uh, it's Justin Jefferson. The difference between him and C.D. Lamb as I see it is similar talent, far less competition on targets. Um CD's going to have that situation where he's got two other very capable receivers um, that are all relatively young, and it's going to be that way until somebody leaves for, for a contractual reason. There's just so much more air airplay going on in Dallas. Yeah, there's a lot more volume. There yeah. is that. There is that. I'm just looking at it and thinking the Vikings have only one other receiver of note on that roster, and that guy is like 31, 32 years old. Um, and You're talking I, Thielen? Yeah, I think he's... 30... I don't think he's quite that old. Is he, he is. 30, 31? I looked it up in one of okay. earlier things. He may be 31. Yeah. We may I, begin... Let's just say he's 31. Let's settle on that. All right. <laughs> um, but either way, like, I don't expect him to be a long-term play for the sure. Vikings. And 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 there's some other guys you, you would... You said Ruggs. I would not have him in my top group right now. Right. Um. I his, he hasn't, just hasn't shown me enough. He just hasn't been healthy. Um, I think Higgins is kind of flashing, and that's interesting. Ayuk looks really talented, but I, my thoughts on that offense is that the offense might be really limited as well, especially in PPR. So for me, it's Justin Jefferson. All right, here's my question for you. Question yes. number one for right. me. All right. Who is the wide receiver to own right now in Carolina? Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore? I think you're, I know what your answer is going to be. Um I'm still, I'm, I'm still saying long term. I'm still saying DJ Moore. I cannot believe in Robbie Anderson, and I know I've looked at the numbers. Tell me, tell me why I'm wrong. Well, I don't actually think you're wrong. I also have a problem believing in Robbie Anderson, but right now they they are basically getting equal targets. In fact, Robbie Anderson has two more than uh, DJ Moore does. He has ten more catches. And about 90 yards, actually exactly 90 yards more. Or no, it's about that. Um, and he's got the only touchdown between them. So, I mean, I still want to roll with DJ Moore, but uh, Robbie Anderson's been the far more productive guy so far. Mm. All right. I'm going to ask you another rookie roster bait question. We did have a request from, from the, fan, the, the fan base okay. that did ask for more rookie rundown stuff. So I, most of my questions are a little rookie heavy. Who is the better QB prospect, Joe Burrow, Justin Bear, or other? Oh, he's going by Bear now. Huh? <laughs> I, I, I've been calling him Bear since day one. <laughs> oh, man. This, I this mean, is hard for you because you and I both have the, have the two guys that are named, and Bodie, who is sometimes on the show, uh, has, the, has the other one. Has wow. the other one that people would say is the other. Okay. Uh, I'm still going to say Burrow. Um, he's looking great. We're super early into both these guys' careers. 
Herbert looks or a bear looks awesome as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I'm still gonna roll with uh, with Burrow. I think he's the best prospect. Wrong. <laughs> the answer is a bear. Uh, so come on, man. I know it's you're tough. really gonna defend that. I'm gonna defend that. Here's right. here's why. The reason why is um, Burrow's on the better offense. He's got the better weapons. He's got premier running back talent. It sounds like you're making my point. It does sound like that, except A-Bear's stats have been better. I'm going to have to call him Herbert because I can't keep up the <laughs> A-Bear thing. Uh, Her, uh, Herbert's, his, his his numbers have been better. He's really been quite remarkable. We talked about a couple weeks, early weeks ago about the the surprise start, but then it isn't hasn't just been that so uh last week he threw a touchdown that was the most air yards in the nfl in the past two seasons it was over is more than 61 yards in the air so he and i watched it he he it was effortless uh he also um threw three touchdowns to three undrafted players so he's doing it with very little support from everybody I have not seen a guy consistently throw the deep balls with that much accuracy and that much power in his throws. I, I, I don't know. I can't think of the last time I've, I've seen someone just dropping dimes 50 yards downfield. He does throw a pretty deep ball. He like does. It's, it's yeah. beautiful. And I think he's smarter than I expected. I think my take on him was that he just wasn't that smart. I, I, he's not shown that so far. So I'm going to go. I'd rather have Herbert right now. That could change. So the only counter, the one thing I will say is you were mentioning the weapons in uh, in uh, L.A. Um, I don't know that Burrow has the best weapons yet either. A.J. Green is going out, like he's on the way out. Um, you know, Higgins you is mean former first round pick John Ross. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> Tyler Boyd. I mean, Tyler Boyd. Higgins. Tyler Boyd is the wide receiver one there right now. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's got the more consistent running game. He has a legitimate top tier talent that we we said don't don't sell short on this guy. And he had a big week this last week. So true. All right, my next question for you. Yep. Um, of the I'm I'm gonna call them the, no disrespect intended, but of of the the following no name tight ends, which is the most prom- promising <laughs> up and coming tight end, uh, yeah. Robert Tanyan or Dalton Schultz? That is such an interesting question. Um, I heard, uh, A-Raj describe, uh, Tanyan as emerging, but the top two wide receivers on that team were out last, this last game and he had three, three touchdowns. The number one running back was out for the second half and their number one tight end was also out in terms of Mercedes Lewis. I don't know if you want to call him a number one tight end, but that... On paper, he is. Um, I'm a little more. In, if, if you're talking about up and coming, the answer is Robert Tanyan, simply because Dalton Schultz is playing instead of another younger guy that's out with an injury. So if you're looking at next year, I think Tanyan can emerge. And so my take is going to be long a long term play. It's going to be Tanyan. All right. Final answer, Tanyan. Tanyan, you're wrong. And here's why. Um, they're both seeing a snap rate over 60%. So they're both on the field a lot. Um, but Schultz is fifth in targets for all tight ends with 28. Uh, Tanyan has half of that. He has 14 targets this year. 
Uh, Schultz has five more catches and about 40 more yards than Tanyan. Actually, it's closer to 45. Um, I actually heard on another podcast on the way over here, Sean, that uh, Dalton Schultz was being talked about as, well, who, you know, they listed Kelsey, Kittle, um, Ertz, Andrews, and like, who's who's the next guy? And one of the guys... Gusecki is the answer, by the maybe, way. Maybe, but one of the guys brought up Dalton Schultz. Not, I'm not saying I agree with that. That's but, a terrible take. Uh, I'm a terrible person on a terrible podcast. It's from a very credible <laughs> podcast. Can I say the name of the podcast? No, yeah, I wouldn't do it. No. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't even know who it is. Doesn't but matter. anyway, uh, so right now, the only things keeping it close are the touchdowns. Tanyan had five. He had three last night. Um and, uh, it's a Dal- very efficient Dalton passing Sh- offense in Green Bay right now. Dalton Schultz only has two, so that's the difference. That's what's keeping it close right now. So I see Dalton Schultz as a high volume um, promise. But like you said, it's a good point about uh, Blake Jarwin. But I, I, like, just, I, I just, like Dalton Schultz right now. I just if I'm thinking next year, I'd, I'd put my money on Tanyan. But for this year, um, I, I I think that there that a lot of that volume is going to go away once. Uh, Rodgers gets his receivers back. All right. Who has the most tired-looking legs in the NFL? 35-year-old Adrian Peterson, 37-year-old Frank Gore, or other? Well, full disclosure, I have not. These guys play for teams that aren't on a lot uh, nationally. So... (laughs) Um, the Jets. I, the Jets just played a Thursday night football game. Come on now. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. I haven't watched a ton of uh, either of these uh, players this year, but um, I'm going to say that that uh, Frank Gore has the more tired looking legs. Wrong. Okay. AP averaging four and a half yards per carry this year, holding off two younger, higher drafted, well not higher drafted, but highly drafted players. Frank Gore poor average, three point three. So that. That does seem to play into your point. Terrible offensive system. But if you watch him, he still gets done what he needs to get done. He still moves quickly. He actually moves more quickly than AP. But the answer... is quick t- quick twitch. He's got... Yeah, he still has that. It's a, He doesn't really run much differently than he has in the last five, six years. The answer, however, is other. Oh. It's the 26-year-old Todd Gurley. <laughs> So he's in a dynamic offense, maybe not so much this week, but he's averaging 3.9 yards per carry with that offense that's scoring like 30 points a game, uh, which is a full yard per game worse, full yard per carry worse than Brian Hill. So Todd Gurley, the tiredest, uh, I think what I said, tiredest, uh, most tired looking legs in the NFL. There you go. I feel like that was kind of a trick question. I did say other was a choice. I know, but All right, next question for you, my last one. Who is the running back to own for the Chargers now, Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly? Ooh, bye. Can I say other? Oh, sure. I I would probably stick with Eckler, but I know I don't – that injury – That injury sounds like it could be pretty serious. It did look bad, too. I mean, he was holding that thing. It did look really bad. Um I think the easy answer is Joshua Kelly, but I'm going to go Justin Jackson, and I'm, I don't know if it's well-researched, but for me it comes down to the fact that Joshua Kelly had one of the worst fumbles I've seen in uh, recent NFL history uh, that basically cost him that game. And I think uh, I think with Eckler down, I think they're going to want a veteran hand, so that I'm going to go with Justin Jackson. You're right. 
Yes. I think Justin Jackson is the back to own for the Chargers right now. Last season, he hasn't done much this year at all. So I had to go bo- go back and look at last season. He rushed for 200 yards on 29 carries, which turns out to be pretty close to seven yards a carry. I think that's pretty good. Um, Josh, and 29 carries, but yes. Yes, he did well. He was still on the team with uh, with Eckler and... And, uh, and Melvin Gordon. Right, still there. exactly. Yeah. So um, Josh Kelly currently this season is averaging 3.3 yards per game um, over uh, and one touchdown with 52 carries. Um, neither one is super involved in the passing game. They're getting under two, two, two targets per game, which is understandable being on a team with uh, Austin Eckler. But, um, so that might change going forward. But uh, so far, Justin Jackson has just shown more on an NFL field. And I think you're right, Sean, that they might be more comfortable going with Justin Jackson going forward. All right. My last question. Who is the running back to own in New England? I know you posted a poll on the Twitter and uh, here's the choices. Ready? Harris, mm-hmm. Michelle, uh-huh. or other? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, with Harris. I, he's a guy I've I haven't really planted my flag, but I've talked about Harris a little bit all off season. Um, he's finally. And we know you hate Sony. I I do. Not personally. Not right. personally. Not personally. He's not. I've never been a. F- fan of so I shouldn't say that I thought he had a really nice rookie season but talking about Harris he's finally getting his chance he looked really good this week uh, when he got when he got the chance to run with the ball Um, so and also the Twitter poll overwhelmingly was saying Harris as well so I'm I'm not alone there's a lot of hype in there all right you're you're once again you're wrong Mm -hmm. I figured Uh, the answer is because Harris did look great although from watching his long runs he didn't really do anything he just kind of ran where he was supposed to run, and his blockers kind of took care of things for him, which is, that's a skill, following blockers and setting them up and whatnot. But it, it reminded me, uh, I just think, I, I, I'm, I'm always looking for a, a thing, like something that I see, a move, a, a certain fast twitch move that somebody does, an athletic play, uh, a particular uh, uh tricky thing that makes you different than just kind of a guy. I didn't see that. Um, the previous week, Sony had a couple really long runs as well. Also, same criticism. He didn't look particularly fast. He didn't look like he had done anything in particular. He was just kind of following his blockers. So he is not somebody that I'm too excited about. If you also look at last week, um, Harris Harris's um, numbers were pretty good. Um, at the same time, kind of everybody that touched the ball offensively on the ground did well. Wide receivers are getting eight yards. Quarterbacks, you know, getting uh, Brian Hoyer got eight yards. I mean, everything, everything on the ground was positive for them. Um, the answer is, it's a trick question. The answer is neither. You don't want any, you don't want any of these, (laughs) these New England running backs. I'm playing this under protest. (laughs) Two, two trick questions. The last one wasn't trick. I said other. This one, I'll 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 hear you on that. But yeah, I just I don't think any of these guys are like. Do I really think that Harris is going to be the guy there? He will until Rex Burkhead gets the touchdowns, and 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 I just think that that's going to be what what it's going to be until Bill Belichick falls in love with somebody. You don't really want to rely on any of these guys. I'm just thinking 
Harris has a chance to make Bill fall for him. He does. He has that chance. I think Sony's chance is over. I agree with yeah. you on that one. All right, let's transition into pushing your chips in here. We've um, we've got kind of a little bit of information that we had from last episode in terms of identifying whether or not you're actually a contender. So we're going to go through that uh, kind of quickly here at the beginning, and then we'll get into some strategies in a little bit. So, Sean, we kind of have a two-step kind of process here for identifying, you know, should you actually push your chips in? Are you actually a contender? Yeah, I mean... I think you need to look at your record. I think you need to look at how you project in terms of uh, in terms of your scoring production and whatnot. And I think you would say you should identify who the other contenders are and then, and then give yourself a fair comparison against those teams. I think the other thing you need to do is you got to figure out, we talked a little bit about last week about what if you're just one player away, right? I think you need to identify um, if you can be a contender. And if so, what is that, uh, what, what does it need? Um, in a salary cap league, I think you got to, um, I don't know that salary matters so much from this aspect here, because if you're really pushing your chips in, you have to be willing to let some salary things go. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think you should look at your talent. Ideally, you're going to be the top half of, of talent at every position. Um, which if you're in a 12 team league, you're going to want to have a top six running back and you're going to want your running back two to, to be at least in the top 18. Right. Um, and I think, you know, obviously different roster limits and whatnot, you can make those adjustments on your own, but, and I think you also want to have at least one viable backup at every position. So it doesn't have to be your backups. Don't have to be somebody who's going to be a superstar. Um, it, it's helpful if it is, cause then you can start playing matchups, but, um, but you don't have to have that. But I think you do need somebody that, you know, you're going to buy weeks, you're going to have COVID weeks, you, whatever you're going to need to be able to put somebody in. Yeah. I mean, even there, you probably want somebody in the top 30. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want to be putting a guy in that, um, you know, we'll talk about some of this later on, but you don't want to be putting a guy in that, that really you can't rely on at all. Right. I think you also want to look at the, your record. I, I think if you're not at least two and two right now, uh, I, I don't know how much I would be pushing my chips in if you're at a one and three record or or an zero oh and four. It, it really depends a little bit on your on your playoff system. So in our league, we have our sixth playoff spot is reserved for the highest scoring team who doesn't get in on record, and so that helps a little bit. So even if you're if you're if you're like a, have an un- unlucky start, you're zero oh and four, but you're third in the league in points you're like okay well you're still a contender your record almost doesn't even matter so much anymore what so could you apply that a little bit even if that's not the case in a league though like let's say you are third in scoring and you're one in three right now like you obviously have a good team could can you bank on that coming around or i mean the the problem is then is 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 you're looking at sacrificing um if you're pushing your chips in, you're looking at, I mean, you, your team might come around, but are you, do you want to give up future assets in a situation where you might not even be able to make the, make playoffs. the playoffs? Yeah. And that's, that for me is the hard part. Like I'm willing to, 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 to go for it all. I mean, I'm really actually reluctant. I wish, I wish we had Farhan here today because he does this kind of stuff all the time. Um, 
I, I really like to build, right? And uh, to say, well, I'm going to give up these future assets for this thing right now is a difficult choice to make. It's a lot easier choice to make if you're really confident that you're going to make the playoffs. And that's how this is really different this week from what we were talking about last week, is you are now giving up not just fab money or salary cap money, but you're giving up future assets. And then yeah. you have to really consider that. Yeah, and I think you need to figure out um, you know, and those assets we'll talk about this a little, bit, a little bit later. They can they can just be they can be players. They can be picks. You can be giving up salary. You might be getting a a, a better player, but who, who might come at it with a heftier salary than the guy you're giving up, right? So if I I drafted Terry McLaurin in the third round last year. I have him for nothing. What well, what I give up Terry McLaurin for a guy that might be you know for Julio Jones, who might be a much more bloated salary, maybe. Now, for me, the answer is really easy on that one. So maybe you have to come up with a more difficult yeah, one. A different example. But, but somebody who, who is a, um, you know, a reliable veteran that you maybe don't have as good a salary on, right? So Devontae Adams. Right. What, what about going the other way? Let's say you're, you are three and one, mm. um, but you're kind of down there on points. Do you, do you try to capitalize on that strong start? Yeah. So that's the thing is I think, I think you want to look at is, okay, so my team is underperforming or maybe they're not underperforming. Maybe they're performing. They're how, just performing. Maybe they are what they are, right. but you're winning a bunch of games. Well, if those, those wins you secured when you really didn't deserve those wins is going to give you an up in the playoffs and maybe you can get a buy or something like that. Um, then you should be looking at what well, kind of juice up my scoring so that by the time the playoff comes around, I'm scoring like a top tier team and I've also got the buy. So uh, those are other ways that you can, you, you can capitalize on that. I call it a lucky start. Um, you, you might be familiar with what a lucky start is, Tim. Well, yeah, actually I, my team is a really good example this year. I'm three and one. Um, I'm only sixth in the league in scoring though. Um, and so I'm like, that's I, not, that's not, that's not too bad. It's not too bad, but I don't think I'm in a position where I would want to be giving away future assets to, oh, maybe, you know, if I think I'm a player away and like, like I don't have the strongest quarterback core right now. I have Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow. So maybe it makes some sense to move a guy to like, if I can get a top QB. Yeah, for, you can capitalize that on that, on that fast start and like you look at your competition in your right. your division for example has got kind of two teams that are just terrible and then you got to be concerned about Bodie right so uh like you're going to look at your situation in, in is your division open for you to to, to win that division and get a, a bye or right. uh is is it going to be a dog fight right right um so, so we talked about last last week. We talked about the risks of making mistakes in this analysis process. You can you can rationalize a bad start. You, oh, I had I had bad. I started the wrong guys. Everybody makes that mistake. You, you, it's typical classical uh, classic rationalization. Um, it, banking on something changing that that you are expecting, like you. Uh, well, Julio will be a wide receiver one this year. Will he? I don't know. Right. I'm not so sure about that. Well, Jonathan Taylor, he's going to be an RB one. Really? I'm yeah. not so sure about that. It doesn't look like that right now. Um, and then you can, they're the guys that are, they're the guys that are outperforming for you um, now that, that may not continue that. I can't think of any great examples right now. I think maybe Tanyan, we talked about Tanyan. Like if you were, like he's, you're, 
you're doing well, but like they don't have any receivers in Green Bay. Right. They're maybe his. Hurt. They're all hurt right now. They're all hurt. Yeah, they do have receivers. They're just injured. Yeah. So maybe when they come back, all of a sudden, this guy that's give, giving you this boost of of points is that that boost is going to disappear, and then maybe you you haven't properly assessed whether you're con, a contention material or not. Right. All right. So once you determine that you okay, I am going to push my chips in. Yep. Let's talk about how to execute that that plan. All right. Well, I think you got to figure out what you need, and that's pretty obvious. But I think you, in your assessment phase, you've you've maybe you've identified a lineup hole, right? So you your starting lineup, you got Emmanuel Sanders as your wide receiver too, right? And then we talked a little bit about what if you're relying on somebody whose numbers might not hold up. So you're looking at that and thinking, okay, well, you know. He's had a couple of good weeks, but is that gonna is that gonna hold up? I, I really need somebody else. So that's that's an example. You might have you might have a hole in your lineup. You might just you know only have one good running back that you can really rely on. Your second running back is Frank Gore, or Adrian Peterson, or something like that. Well, and, it, and our our one team in our league that's four and zero right now has two running backs. That's it. Yes, and that's the, that brings me to my next question: is uh, you might have a depth problem, right? So let's say your running backs are. Alvin Kamara and Chris Carson, as it may be in our league, right. and then you have nothing. Yeah, that's, right? that's you. You got James Wade on the waiver wire, maybe, and that's all you got. Or let's say your wide receivers are DJ Moore and Adam Thielen, and then it drops down to Stephen Stephen Sims, right? Or let's say your wide receivers, you got Tyreek and Devontae, and then you got Slayton, right? Or another example. Near and dear to my heart, you got DK Metcalf and, and Scary Terry. And then your third wide receiver is John Brown, right? So, like, those are all examples where you have talent and you have enough talent to win at the top. But by if weeks, anything happens, yeah, injuries, bye weeks, yeah. COVID weeks, whatever you want to call it, that stuff is that's another problem. You, so, you might want to flag that as something to fix. Uh, and then you could also have another category where. What I'd describe as future problems. Like you don't have any problem exactly right now because the guy you have is is doing okay, um, but you might have a problem in the future because you know, let's say Jerick McKinnon, he's doing great right now, right? Do we expect that to last? I don't. Uh, if you're starting, you get your you get Frank Gore in your flex. I mean, he's getting carries, but what? And know, this is because guy like Mostert's coming back, right? Right. Bell's or coming back. coming back, right? You're starting. You got Minshew as your quarterback one. Well, he's doing just fine, but but do you really think that that's going to last all season long? Um, and or you know, in something you you you've got Fitzgerald or Burrow and Burrow and Stafford as as your quarterbacks, and is that going to be sustainable all season long? So then, if it's not, then you you want to beef up that section. All right, so. We identify what we need. How do we go about fixing that? Like what, what kind of trades are we looking to make or how do we evaluate those trades? And one of the, one of the options that is like you have these future assets. Draft picks oftentimes get traded in situations like this. Um, how, how do you determine what that draft pick is worth for a particular player? Or... Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of that just has to do with how you do on draft picks. I mean, honestly, um, there, there's a balance, right? They, you know, like there are some people who do really well in the draft, and for them, the draft picks are going to be worth more. And there are people who don't do so well in the draft, and for them, a draft pick is if you can secure something of of hard value 
uh, that you need right now in your championship run, it, it, does, it makes more sense to, to move the draft pick. And but, that's been my strategy lately for the past bunch of years is I, I remember the stat that even the highest, the top, you know, three draft picks in any given year is about a 50-50 shot at actually hitting. Right. Um, so I am inclined, especially in a situation where I think I can go for it this year, to turn that future draft pick into a tangible asset that I can use this year on my run. Right. I have no problem doing that. And, and yep, yeah, and draft picks are like one way of thinking about future assets. Another way of thinking about future assets is age. Right. So you can you can trade. I've got a young player. He's not a draft pick, right? So I've got I drafted this say I drafted I drafted uh, Brandon Ayuk, right? Well, he's a young player. He's not a draft pick. He's young. Uh, he's not going to win you your title this year. He's not going to win my, my title this year, but for somebody who's rebuilding, he might really be interested in that guy. I know you have moved some of those young guys on your team. Uh, last year, you moved Hakeem Butler. We talked about Hakeem Butler. You yeah. moved Hakeem Butler, uh, which was a smart move. And uh, so sometimes you can move those those uh, younger players for uh, players that are in the prime of their careers. Uh, the other way that you can kind of trade the future for the present is salary. So you have a guy cheap, and he's your future because it doesn't matter really what his age is, he's cheap enough that you can keep him for a couple of years. Um, and so by trading that thing that you can do something with for uh, something that is more expensive that maybe you're not interested in keeping long-term, that's another way of, of converting the future for the present. Right. Another thing you can do uh, if you're going for it, again, I can use my own team this year as an example. Um, I have Aaron Jones, uh, James Conner, Kareem Hunt, and Kenyon Drake. Who? <laughs> well, <laughs> I thought I had four really good running backs. It yes. looks like maybe I only have three. Well. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll but, see. you know, at most I can only start three of those guys, and really most of the time I would be starting two. Right. So that's a situation where – I could, if I want a quarterback, I could decide I'm going to try trading one of those running backs to try to, to shore up my quarterback core if I'm going for it this year. And that's the next category I was going to talk about. So there's the trading of the future for the present, um, and then there is trading strength for strength. So you look at your team and think, okay, at least I thought I had four good running backs. I can only start so many of them. I don't really trust any of my quarterbacks. So would you trade a running back for a quarterback? You're, now you're not really you're you're pushing your chips in. You're not necessarily losing out on salary or age, although you might be. But you are giving up strength in one spot for strength in another spot. For me, uh, looking at my my team, I've got I I traded Carson Wentz last year. It turned out to be fa fairly fortuitous this year, but I still have Dak and Josh Allen. I got and I got a bear right. So. Do, in a one quarterback league, do you really need three quarterbacks? At some point in time, I've got two top five quarterbacks. Could I move one of those quarterbacks for a top tier asset at a different position? Or would my team be stronger for the playoff run if I were to do so? Um, so that's 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 a, a another consideration you have to make is can you trade strength for strength if you're over, overloaded in one position? Right. And then if you're Let's say you are a really strong. Well, I shouldn't say it that way. Let's say you're strong at a position. Maybe you have four or five, you know, pretty good receivers. Um, and maybe they're young and cheap. You're lucky enough to have them young and cheap. Right. Maybe you can sell a couple of those young, cheap guys that 
might have more in the tank and get better in the future for one like really good receiver that's maybe a little more expensive or a little older now. It might put your team over the top right. this year. And so I looked at it roster versus our, in our leagues and I identified there was a team that had Keenan Allen, Devontae Parker, T.Y. Hilton, Brandon Cooks, and, and Kenny Galladay. Now some of those players are that's that's a pretty deep wide receiver core. Uh, there's not none of those are kind of maybe Galladay. Yeah, I but, like Galladay. But 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 right now at least not kind of like that top tier Tyreek Hill guy. So could you trade to a team? What if a team only has one good wide receiver and then nothing behind it? Um, or maybe they have two good wide receivers. Like some of those, those those teams we talked about that have that need depth. Could you trade a couple players for one for one player? Uh, that's another another type of trade you can make, and that's the I call that the consolidation move. So you are consolidating your kind of depth that's kind of pretty good, but but um, where you're deep, but you're um, but you don't you don't have kind of like that star power, you know, right. kind of a thing. And and can you tr- convert that into getting a star uh, a star power type player? Yep. And so in all of these examples, we've talked about trading with the right team, the right situation, matchmaking. Exactly. And so when you actually go to execute this plan, that is a really important. Um, step is to actually do some homework find teams that match your situation before you don't just throw out hey anybody want yeah, i've got these guys I'm on my trade the players block. you get those emails where it's like so and so is on the trading block i mean that does nothing for me like right i mean we're all busy nobody wants to go research your team and their team and try to make a trade and and make up a trade to throw your way. You do. You should do the work for the other owner and say, hey, this makes sense for both of us. What do you think of it? This is a little bit of dating advice because <laughs> it fits in here. You're going to be way more successful, I found. Um, if you're asking somebody out, right, You don't. if you say, hey, you want to get together sometime? Or you could say, hey, would you like to go do this really fun thing with me on Tuesday at 6? Like, you're going to be more successful with the latter because people are like, oh, that does sound like fun. So, yeah. So I always, my move was always to say, hey, I noticed you walk your dog every day at 4.35 p.m. <laughs> and you do this particular loop up to this park um, and you always stop at this one newspaper stand. Um, so would you like to read the newspaper together? So, no, wow. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> so that's like the, the most stalkery the most example possible. Example. So that was just a little bit of free dating advice for, uh, for <laughs> right. everybody out from, there. From, but from it a couple ap- guys that it's been a long time since <laughs> they've been dating. But it applies here where you, you, you do the work for the person, come up with the plan. Um, and then, like, I think it's probably better off if you can, if you're able, if you're in a league with friends, actually give them a call and talk about it because you can make up a lot of, you can make a lot of headway if you're on the phone and doing a little back and forth rather than trying to text or, or email it. It out depends because if it's if you're trying to trade with Farhan though, it's like you know it's always text for me. He he, he never take my phone. Well, calls. some guys don't talk on the phone, but that's why it depends, and you know. Who it is, Who yeah, it is, yeah. And, and what their career choice is and whether they're busy or not. So here's the, the other question is, is like, so this is one of the things that I find interesting is this this scenario where you're pushing your chips in and maybe the person you're talking to is not. Like, how do you, how do you approach 
that person like you'd be like your team's terrible you guys should be you should be uh you should be th- you should be we're talking about next week's episode you should be fire sailing this thing up your team is garbage maybe i can help you out do you just are you blunt like that or you or do you just say like oh how's your season going and like what do you, what do you what's your what's your move give us your move uh, I I'm usually I'm a terrible liar. Uh, <laughs> you are a terrible yeah, liar. Yeah, like so I'm usually just right up front and like, hey, here's what I'm looking to do. I think it makes sense for both of us. What do you think? And they may, you know, if they respond with, no, I am going for it, you know, then that's it's not a matchmaker, it, uh, it, a, a, a match made. But the tough thing about it is the real hard thing about trades in fantasy football, especially if you're only in like a league or two. Like if you're in like twenty leagues, like trades are a lot easier because you're not really attached to really anything it's just kind of like you're looking at the entire market you might have shares of this and shares of that and whatever if you're in if you're in like a more intense league like this and you've drafted this player you've signed him to a contract you feel like you have a personal relationship you know i follow i follow scary terry on twitter and you know and and so like i feel like i know a little something about this guy and for me to give him up like i have to give up a little piece of my soul Mm -hmm. and I'm talking to somebody else and they've got that same feeling towards their player. It's a lot harder to make a trade when you're, when you're invested in these guys in, 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 a, in like a narrow, uh, you're just in one or two leagues and, and whatnot, where it's a lot easier. I think it's a lot easier if you're in a lot of leagues. Cause then it's just like a, it's just like playing the stock market. Right. Right. So I think, I think how to approach the people, one of the best things I ever heard is basically sending out, if you're, if you're talking about, approaching somebody who who might be getting out for this year is to say oh yeah i just see you know you it's a tough break you lost saquon barkley you know christian mccaffrey's going to be out for most of the season here um i don't know what your plan is but if you decide that you are you know looking to acquire future assets i have interest in travis kelsey right i have interest in this this thing that might be uh, would help your team and maybe isn't uh, critical to their future success. Uh, that's a that's a that's a one way to approach it. Then you put the ball in their court, and they can kind of formulate. Well, okay, well, okay, yeah, no, I mean it would make sense for me to to give up this thing because I'm not going to win a championship with you know just one running back. So maybe I move the other one too. And just one last point here, Sean. I, I I'm actually wondering what you think about this. We didn't talk about this ahead of time, but would you be willing to overpay just a little bit if you think that that's the trade that is actually going to bring a championship home? Oh, I think you have to be. I think you have to be willing to overpay. I think you have to be willing to say, "This is the thing that's going to you know make a difference for me." Because that's what we're in it for. That's you're in it to win a championship. Um, my the obstacle for me personally, I will say, the thing that makes it difficult for me to make these push in, push your chips and moves is, I always feel like I'm in contention, and I feel like when I have had like just an unreal team, I have not won a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like Same I've here. got 300 more points scored than the next highest next highest team, and I still lose. It's hard for me to give up a future asset for this thing that is still ultimately a crapshoot. But different people have different styles, right? So if you're if you're in our league, if you're Eddie, Eddie will push his chips in no problem because he'll just figure out another way of getting those future assets, and 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 he he does it every year. It really a lot of it has to do with your own psychology. Um, 
I think that's, oh, and one other thing I wanted to bring this up. One other thing you have to figure out is you really got to figure out also, just think about salary cap, what your rules are, because we, we, we're talking about this in a lot of ways as if in, in the context of leagues that are built similarly to ours. But there are, there are there, you know, we have pretty small rosters for, for a dynasty league, you know, but you have to decide, look at, are most teams up tight against the cap and do you have like a soft cap space where you can make a trade and you can take on additional salary? Um, because if you can't, you, it's one thing you have to factor in is like you might have to provide that other team with salary that that you are on just, uh, the, the player you're giving is really just there to even out the salaries. So you got to factor, factor that in. You also, if your rosters are really tight, uh, it's hard to do two or two for one or three for one trades um, right. because ultimately it's the same thing as the player that somebody else has to cut. Right. Um, they're going to view that uh, as something else they're giving up. So there's really not really a two or three for one. I'm not giving you three players for your one player because you're going to cut two players. And in your mind, whether you're giving them to me or cutting them, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, so you really have to factor in your, uh, your rule structure and, and how those things work out to, to try to make a fair offer. Speaking of fair offers, I mean, we've been sitting here talking about this. I've been talking about how I've got these extra quarterbacks. You've been talking about how you're a little thin there. I was just thinking, you know, maybe we could do a deal right now. Wow. Um, so let's just say, like, I were to, you know, offer you, let's say, Dak Prescott. Oh, I'm, I'm you, listening. You I'm like interested. him more than Josh Allen, right? I'm interested. Yeah, yeah I okay. like him more than Josh All right. Allen. All right. So uh, let's say I'm going to go offer you Dak Prescott, who's uh, still a pretty good salary. And let's say I throw in a, a nice rookie prospect among my many, many, many wide receivers. Let's go Denzel Mims. Oh, okay. And let's say, you know, I'm looking for a little depth. I, I got nothing behind my top two running backs. I got nothing behind my top two wide receivers. Let's say I were to take one of those. Uh, those uh, underperforming running backs like, uh, let's say, Kenyon Drake and maybe... That's stiff. Yeah, stiff. <laughs> let's say, let's say uh, um, Devontae Parker. What would you say about that? He's at a cheap salary, but he, he's kind of old. What, what do you think? Parker, Drake. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, that's going <laughs> to do it for our, our Pushing the Chips In episode. Uh, next week, we're going to be covering the other end of the spectrum uh, and how to hold a fire sale if you've given up on your team this year. Uh, you can post your Pushing Your Chips In trade ideas on our Facebook group, The Steel Pod, or reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Steel Pod. And I'm at Steel Pod, Sean. Thanks for joining us today. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.